Well, it's a pleasure uh, to be with you. I'm an Asbury alum, so uh, my story is your story, and, and uh, your story is the continuation of my story. And uh, I just feel like you all need to know about the people that uh, Brian and I uh, studied with back in the early uh, 90s and late 80s at, at uh, Asbury. And we need to give you the scoop on, uh, on the past. Brian and I had a, a Hebrew adventure together in the, the early 90s um, where he was very smart and I felt very stupid. Um, but uh, um, so I, I, I just love coming down here to be with you. And my mother lives in uh, Lakeland, so it's a little selfishness uh, uh, also to be with you. But um, uh, probably before uh, I shift, we should pray, don't you think? So let's, uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, a little earlier, uh, the tumultuous times we live in were mentioned, and uh, these, are, these are times that um, I don't think uh, uh, we've seen for, for a long time, certainly not in my, my memory. And so we ask for your guidance, and especially as we reflect on Acts 5 today, we ask that you would guide our thoughts and that you would guide my words, and that if my words go astray, may your Holy Spirit always be true. Um, and we just pray that when we leave today and we take uh, of these elements that we will know that we have uh, been in the presence of God. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, uh, Facebook has been rather brutal uh, these last two years. Now, maybe you're not on Facebook. You're probably more sanctified than I am. Um, but um, I like to talk, uh, as those of you in class, uh, unfortunately, are experiencing. And, um, and so I like Facebook. I like I like to say what's on my mind, uh, and uh, Facebook has been pretty brutal uh, these last two, uh, two years. I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but things get out of hand really quickly. I mean, you, I'm, I'm convinced you could put up a picture of kittens, uh, and about three comments down, uh, people would be about to kill each other. Reminds me a little of uh, the Thirty Years' War. I don't know if you've uh, ever heard in the 1600s there was a war that took about about 30 years to finish, you know. We should be Protestant. No, we should be Catholic. No, we should be Protestant. No, we should be, okay, you just stay over there, and we'll stay over here. And um, it does feel a little like Facebook has, has died down a little, although, although every once in a while, um, um, I mean, and some of that is unfortunately because I think we've, we've gone to our corner. Uh, we've stopped talking um, uh, to people. There, I don't know how many uh, it'd be interesting to know how many unfriendings have taken place uh, over politics in the, in the last two years. Um, I know that my, my wife's family, uh, her brother and sister, pretty much aren't talking uh, to each other. They're on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So they don't, uh, it was a big, a big thing when, when um, they decided to both come to the Christmas gathering this year. We're preparing ourselves uh, for it, you know, months in advance um, for this, what may not be a pretty a pretty kind of thing. Just yesterday, um, I, um, uh, I was at my mother's home watching a certain channel. I won't tell you which one, uh, but uh, I watch a certain channel. My mother watches a different one. Uh, and so I was sitting there watching her channel. And um, it just, you know, it, it came to me uh, how, and, and this is true of my channel, and this is true of, of her channel, how you get a little sliver you get one, one set of things on one channel, and you get another set of things on another channel. And so trying to be conciliatory, I posted on Facebook that one of the reasons we're so enraged is because we're only feeding ourselves with one, one voice in this current situation. Now, I know mine's the right one, but 
um, but I was trying to be generous and conciliatory, and when I woke up this morning, someone said basically that I wasn't a Christian um, because I said um, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, and that was, that was no, you're obviously not a Christian. Uh, um, um, Christians know what the right side is, and it's not yours. Um, th- these, are, these are, I mean, it's serious. I mean, it's kind of funny, but these are incredibly uh, difficult and, and, and serious times. And it, it, I wouldn't say it's caused a faith crisis for me, but there's a little bit of a tremor in my faith, not because of opposition from outside the church. That'd be one thing. Okay, yeah, go ahead, burn me at the stake. Uh, yeah, if you want to, you know, uh, kill me like James was killed, and I won't tell you um, how James was killed in Acts 12, um, you know, okay, yeah, bring it on. That's fine. Persecution from outside the church, I can take that. But the thing is, the division is inside the church. It's people who, who believe that they are speaking for God and are on completely opposite uh, sides of the issues. Now, you know, I, I've, I've studied the New Testament a little bit. Um, it seems to me, Mom, why don't you see what I think I see? But to her, it'd be exactly the same. Kenny, didn't we raise you better than this? Don't you? See? So basically, I just don't talk politics with my mother. I say, yeah, well, that's interesting, Mother. Um, but the, the, the real, the real, um, the real kind of uh, trouble is what's going on here? We're all Christians. We have the Holy Spirit. Why don't we see things uh, the same way, uh, let alone try to get along uh, with each other? And um, in times like this, I often think of a prayer. I think it was H. Richard Niebuhr uh, who wrote it. Uh, it's known as the Serenity Prayer. I, I, I find myself thinking of it over and over again. In, in my own words, it goes something like this. Lord, grant me the peace and calm to accept the things I can't change, uh, the courage to, to change the things I can, and, and the wisdom to know uh, the difference uh, between the two of those. Um, I, I, a friend of mine's here for the uh, Great Commission. Uh, I guess they're meeting next door. Um, and uh, it's funny because I actually was going to use him as an illustration now. Um, um, uh, my friend, uh, he is a very smart man, and uh, he's also very confident uh, when he knows, you know, what, I mean, I am too, um, what, what, what the right thing to do in this particular situation is. And I remember we were in a meeting once uh, where um, he kept wanting to explain his position again. And I finally said, Bob, I agree with you, but we don't have the votes, <laughs> you know. Um, we cannot change, except we need to learn to accept the things we cannot change. We are simply being outgunned on this meet in this committee meeting, um, and so you know I, I try to tell myself that because you 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 want uh, sometimes to to keep going into the wall you know uh, there's a wall here um, I know but it shouldn't be here um, but there's a wall here I'm going to run into it anyway I mean that that's of course not probably going to um, like that bird uh, doesn't know that there's a a door there and so. Lord, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept uh, the things. Is that a duck? What is that? He, he wants Christ. Uh, no, okay. Um, so, um, Lord, grant me the calm to be able to accept the things I cannot change. I can handle that. I, I really can. I can handle not speaking and not acting when I, when I finally realize that it's not going to make any difference. Why fight? Why fight if you can't? If it's not going to uh, to change anything, actually, I'm I'm more concerned with when I can say something 
and I can do something, but I'm not sure if the Lord wants me to. That I find more difficult. When do I speak um, when I see someone who I, th I think is not living out the gospel the way it should be lived out, or, or, or who I think is having a bad influence on other believers? When do I speak? When do I act? When do I, when do I actually uh, do things? That's a slightly different prayer. Lord, um, grant me um, the discipline to shut up when I'm not supposed to speak, um, and yet to have the courage to speak when I am uh, supposed to speak, and most importantly, uh, the wisdom to be able uh, to tell the difference. The, the uh, uh, Acts 5 was, was read uh, very well uh, for us all a moment ago. Uh, this is a very interesting uh, story in the, the early church. Um, this Gamaliel, I love Gamaliel. Now, he's not a believer. Nothing, nothing of the story indicates that Gamaliel ever um, believed on Jesus. Um, but he is a very faithful Jew. Um, I'll leave it up to God to decide what to do with, uh, with um, individuals who seem to have the right heart but have a head problem. Uh, that I'll let, I'll let uh, theology professors uh, talk about that. But um, I don't know what happened to Gamaliel, but he's not a believer. He is a Pharisee. Not all Pharisees were evil. I mean, we, we tend to make them into kind of cardboard, two-dimensional figures. <laughs> you know, they have mustaches, you know, that they twirl and, and do all sorts of evil things. Uh, but, but some Pharisees were just very strict. Uh, I come from a very kind of strict uh, Christian family. Um, you know, uh, some families are doers. We were donors. Uh, we just didn't do anything except um, we were allowed to eat um, and eat a lot, uh, especially carbohydrates. But anyway... Um, so, um, uh, you know, some Pharisees became believers. In Acts 15, it says, then some Jews who were from the Pharisees, um, now you could interpret that, well, they obviously were Pharisees. I think they, I think they were people who, who saw no contradiction between being a Pharisee and, and being a believer. Uh, they just kept more purity rules than other Christians do, uh, did back then, probably. And Gamaliel was, was one of those, I assume. Um, he was, there are two schools of Pharisees. Um, there was a school of Hillel and the school of Shammai. Um, Gamaliel was from the school of Hillel. Uh, in fact, uh, later tradition would say he was the grandson uh, of, of the great Hillel. The Hillelites were fatalist, and we see this in this, st this story just fits a T. Um, they basically believed God will take care of it. Let's leave it to God. They weren't activists. The, the Shammaites were the activists. Um, the Hillelites were the, the uh, let's, let's pray. Um, let's, let's let God take care of it. And there is a time for that, right? Uh, Gamaliel here, I believe, um, even though he's not a believer, I believe the advice he gives is of God, of the Holy Spirit. He tells the council, look, if this is of God, there's no way we can stop it. You know, Lord, grant me the calm to accept the things I cannot change. You know, if, if this Jesus movement is of God, it's going to happen no matter what we do. It's like running into a, a, a door. Um, um, but if it's not of God, he'll stop it himself. And so we don't need to worry about it then because God will take care of it. And, and they buy it, uh, again, which surely is of the Holy Spirit because I'm pretty sure they would have preferred to kill Peter. Um, and so um, Gamaliel represents, uh, I think, for me, that the time when the Lord, when we could do something, but the Lord tells us not to. And so, Lord, when is it a Gamaliel time? Lord, when, when should I just keep my mouth shut and not 
and not speak? When should I not act? But Gamaliel's not the only person in Acts 5. There's also Peter and, and John in Acts 5 too, and God's will for them is to speak and to act. They're supposed to be acting. So it's not always a Gamaliel time. Sometimes it's a Joshua time. Sometimes it's a Peter and John time. And what does Peter say? He says, well, okay, you're telling us not to do it. God's telling me to do it. Hmm, I think I'll do what God, you know, is telling, telling me to do. So there's the question. How do I know uh, when to be Gamaliel and pray um, and not do anything else? Or when is it time for me to be Peter and John, and even if I get martyred, I'm going to speak out and I'm going to act? And in my sermon preparation, I stopped at this point and I said, okay, Lord, what's the answer to this question? I've got to keep preaching. You know, I can't just stop the sermon now. Um, and so, Lord, what's the answer to this lovely question that you've given us so poignantly on Facebook today? Um, uh, and so um, here are some thoughts uh, that I hope are, are from the Lord, but I think they're good uh, biblical thoughts. As, as always, it's easier to say what should be done than to actually do it. Um, um, the most, uh, some of the most frustrating uh, of the scriptures are the scriptures that say things that are completely obvious and that nobody in the church actually does, uh, like be unified. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, how do you do that? Um, well, here are seven, seven guidelines that I hope the Lord uh, gave me and that I will put into acti- uh, action as soon as I make one last Facebook uh, comment. Uh, just, just kidding. Okay, so the first thought I had was, Pray, no matter what. Even if it's not God's will for you to act, prayer is a constant, right? Whether, whether, whether God's will is for you just to pray or for you to pray and to do something, by all means, pray. Um, because if you're not walking in the Spirit, if you're not in the, the Scriptures, if you're not in a community of faith, if you're not worshiping, if you're not uh, participating in the means of grace, if you're, if you're not... What is, the, what is the phrase? If you're under the spout where the glory comes out, if you're not, um, if you're not walking with the Lord, um, then you're not going to probably come up with the right decision for that particular um, uh, decision you're making. So by all means, pray. Um, maybe God's will is for you just to pray. Maybe God's will is for you to pray and speak, to pray and act. But by all means, uh, let's pray. The second thought I had is deceptively simple. Do what God tells you to do. <laughs> now, the problem is, is that a lot of us are convinced that God is telling us to do something, and, and it might be uh, the burrito we had for lunch. And so how do we know when it's really God telling us to speak um, and when it's not uh, God's will uh, for us to speak? Because we can be equally uh, convinced. And I, I don't have a definitive answer here, although I do have a warning, and that is know yourself. So I like to talk. Um, I'm a talker, um, and so I want to tell people off. That's my genetics, um, that my family. You know, I, ha- I come from a long line of people who like to tell people off. Um, when I first went for a job interview, um, and I got to the, the final part of the stage was you went to the president's office, uh, and the president interviewed you. And when I got to his office, he said, now your father has problems with the way we raise money. Is that right? Um, and I said, no, that's my uncle Eugene. Um, who is a talker and had felt like you're doing the wrong thing and he'd sent a letter to the... I come from a family of talkers. Uh, and so I want, I want to talk. I'm on Facebook. And so 
I think I need to be careful um, when, when I want to talk and I think the Lord is telling me to talk, I think I need to have a little bit of a suspicion in the back of my head and say, now, wait a minute, Ken, you like to talk. Are you sure this isn't you uh, rather than the Lord who's telling you, you to talk? Now, on the other hand, if the Lord says, Ken, I want you to be quiet, that's probably the Lord um, because that's, that's the opposite. Um, and I think it can work the other way. If, if, you're, if you're a person who tends to be not talk, and the Lord says, talk, that's probably the Lord um, telling you to talk. Now, they're not absolutes, right? Because Gamaliel is a person who is a fatalist. And Peter, I think, is a guy who likes to talk. Um, and so sometimes the Lord uses our, our inclinations to do his will. But beware, know yourself. Um, know, do what God tells you, but beware of yourself. Uh, the third thing uh, that um, uh, came to me was submit to those who are in authority over you. Now, again, there is a time not to. I mean, Peter is not submitting to authority in Acts chapter 5. But um, uh, we are often under authority. Uh, that could be a bishop. Uh, it could be a senior pastor. Right now, I'm a dean in a university. Um, and uh, uh, I think as a professor, I would be freer to talk uh, than as a dean. Because as a dean, I represent um, everybody. I represent uh conservatives and liberals, uh, in, and whatever is in between as a dean. And so I've, I've felt like, in fact, it's probably the Lord did this to me uh, because in the lead up to, and I'm not going to tell you what my positions are um, because that's not the point, um, but in the lead up to the 2016 election, I know I would have completely smacked uh, uh, Facebook all over the place if I hadn't been a dean. Uh, but because I was a dean and under authority, um, uh, and that may have been the Lord's doing, I felt like I needed to, um, uh, to be a little bit calmer. Um, and so I would say there is a time when the Lord calls you not to be under authority, um, but submit uh, to, to the authority that's, that's over you. And sometimes when you doubt yourself, um, you can designate someone as an authority uh, to speak uh, truth into your life, uh, accountability partner or accountability group to kind of... Uh, hold you in control um, if, if you're the kind of person that, that, that um, is not always sure whether the Lord is telling you to, to speak or, or not. The fourth, the fourth thing that, that came to me is um, always, always act with a view toward others, um, especially those who are disempowered, especially those who are, um, who are not in power. I mean, those, those who are in power really don't need as much defending, right? There, that's the definition of being in power. Um, and so um, I think, and this is the example of Jesus, right? Uh, in Luke chapter 4, um, Jesus' inaugural address, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim sight to the blind. Um, Jesus, Jesus stood up for those who, who had less power. Jesus didn't, I mean, the healthy have no need of a physician, right? But the sick. So Jesus seems to me was consistently um, coming to the uh, assistance of the poor. We were talking in, in New Testament introduction today. Why does Jesus get so upset uh, about the money changers? I personally think it's because these, uh, these money changers are um, putting an obstacle in the way of those who had come to worship um, at the temple um, or in some way that they were uh, interfering with the worship of God by those uh, who were less uh, empowered uh, uh, to do so. And so I think when we speak out, um, our, 
the majority of God calling us to speak out is to speak out for those who are on, uh, on the oppression, oppressed side of the coin. Those who are uh, in power don't need as many people to speak out. And, and a lot of times those in power feel like they're being oppressed when someone calls them on it. Um, it, it you know, like Je take Jezebel and Ahab in the Old Testament. You know, the prophet Elijah goes to them. You could see Elijah uh, uh, saying, um, why are you oppressing me? Um, um, I mean, you can see Ahab saying, why are you oppressing me, Elijah? Um, uh, you're, you're hurting me. But Elijah didn't, God didn't call Elijah to speak for the king. Um, God called Elijah to speak to, to the king. And so I think more often than not, when God calls us to speak, he calls us to speak in defense of those uh, who are disempowered or, or who are impressed. Uh, uh, oppressed or who are powerless. Um, the fifth thing that I thought was when you do speak out, speak redemptively um, to your enemy. Now, maybe it's not your enemy. Maybe it's your brother-in-law or, or your sister-in-law. Um, but m maybe there's an adversarial relationship that, that, that has developed. Um, I mean, the people who uh, I get into these, uh, uh, actually, I don't argue. It's my friends that argue with each other. Um, but I have lots of Facebook friends uh, uh, because of teaching for, you know, 21 years. Um, I was there on the ground floor and all, all my, you know, so I, I've got thousands of, of people who are very different from each other. And they, they, they kill each other all, all the time, um, fight each other. And so um, one rule I think to keep in mind is, is uh, to speak with the redemption of the person you disagree with in view. Um, don't speak to the person uh, with a desire to, um, to vanquish, vanquish them. So this person who de-Christianized me, you know, I tried to, I tried to um, speak back to him in his own language. I didn't say, well, you're the one who's not a Christian. You know, um, my, my goal is not to, um, not to push him further away, um, but to, to pull him um, uh, closer, closer to me. And I think of that proverb that says that a soft answer turns away wrath. Um, my, my father, uh, a person who was drunk once walked, walked into his office, and my father in good shank fashion told him off. He said, uh, he, the fellow asked for some money to, um, to go uh, buy some food, and my dad said, what you need is to stop drinking. Um, and the man said, thank you for those kind words. And my dad felt so bad that he took him out to lunch. Um, but but uh, that soft answer, um, instead of the responding in kind, the, the, the uh, arming up uh, for the fight, the responding uh, with, a, with a word that diffuses and is redemptive toward your, your enemy. Um, well, I have two more points, um, and we're, we have communion coming. Um, the, the sixth thing that came to mind is that verse that says, um, be wise as serpents, uh, be harmless as doves. Um, anybody know what this means? Uh, it's a bit of a, of a strange uh, uh, Jesus saying, right? Because it, 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 um, it's very complicated. Um, some people would, of course, use it. I like the wise as serpent part. Um, there was a, a tweet, uh, another forum of great fights these days. There was a recent tweet by someone who said, um, Christians need to stop being nice guys uh, and start playing uh, hardball uh, with, 
with opponents of, of Christianity. I don't know if you heard about, about this tweet. But what I perceive the tweet to be saying is we need to start playing dirty uh, because our, our opponents are playing uh, dirty. And uh, somehow this doesn't seem quite Christ-like to me. Um, but there is, there is this verse, though, about being wise as serpents and, and harmless of doves. Um, and, and so uh, I do think that you can be nice and be strong at the same time. I think sometimes people confuse strength for uh, insecurity or insecurity for strength because the person who's most insecure sometimes is the person who smacks the hardest. Uh, I don't think God is insecure, for example. When we, when we go to God and we say, why did you do this? That's not right, you know, and, and we, little teeny people, you know, crying to God, you're so wrong, you know, why did you, you know, and is God offended? I'm going to smack you because you shouldn't talk to me like that. Well, of course not. I mean, God's omnipotent. He's omniscient. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's really a joke, isn't it? God doesn't get, I don't think he gets offended uh, when we have questions because he knows us. It's like, let me, let me take you aside and help you, help you see what's, what's going on here. Um, like at the end of, of the book of Jonah, you know, Jonah's like, why are you showing mercy on these people? You know, and God says, Jonah, you know, you get upset about a tree, you know, and you're, you're not upset about these people who are, who are destined for destruction uh, in the city of, of Nineveh. And so I think strength can be nice. Uh, strength doesn't have to be, I'm going to crack some eggs too. I think strength can be nice. And then lastly, the cross is an option. The cross is an option. Um, you've probably heard the expression of living a cruciform life, uh, living a life that is modeled on, on the cross. I was reading a book um, by Greg Boyd recently, and he, is, uh, he comes from the Anabaptist tradition, so uh, he, tends to be, uh, he tends toward the pacifist end of the spectrum. And uh, near the end of his book, he gets to this, this you, know, you know the question, what if a, uh, somebody breaks into your home with a gun you know, and is threatening your family uh, would you do? Would you fight back? Um, and uh, his answer is, well, I don't know. I don't really know what I would do in that circumstance. Uh, but I have a bias towards something else, and I that, I really like that uh, because he what he was suggesting is, uh, as a Christian and as a follower of Christ, I'm a peacemaker. Uh, I want there to be peace. I want people to come to Christ, and so. I just wonder if put in that situation, the Lord might help me move in a different uh, direction. Um, to, so he doesn't really answer the question, but he suggests that as Christians uh, who are followers of Christ, we have a peacemaker inside of us that doesn't just go there um, as our first option, that actually being martyred for Christ is an option. Actually suffering wrong for Christ uh, is, is an option. That's not so bad to do what Jesus did uh, in terms of, of dying on the cross, right? That that's not a bad thing necessarily uh, for us to suffer wrong from others. Well, um, if you have another uh, silver bullet uh, from the Lord on what to do in a situation where you're not sure whether the Lord uh, wants you to speak or act or not, uh, please tell me during lunch so I can plagiarize it uh, on a later occasion. Um, but um, I feel better uh, uh, and I think I'm going to live to uh, Facebook another day. Um, may the Lord help us all uh, in these times. And most of all, may the Lord 
um, get us through them to a more uh, loving and, um, and kind uh, world, one that I think um, I used to know. Well, we're now going to partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, may, I, may I close in the sermon with a prayer, though, quickly? Lord, thank you so much for your willingness to suffer on the cross for us. Help us to be better than we can be in our own power. Help us, we know you want us to be better than we can be in our own power. Help us to open ourselves up to your Holy Spirit and give us the wisdom to know when to speak and when to act and when to endure. We thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.